0: You're not crazy. Your pain is not a pathology. Your pain makes sense. We are depressed and anxious in this culture for perfectly good reasons. We are living in a culture that does not meet our basic needs for connection, for meaning, for purpose, for a sense of the future. And that is the key reason why we're depressed. One in five Americans will take a psychiatric drug in their lifetime and I began to think, could it really just be that there's something going wrong in our brain? So I went on this huge journey over 40,000 miles. I interviewed the leading scientists in the world. And when I was a teenager, until I went to my doctor, I had thought my depression was all in my head, meaning it was a sign of weakness, it was shameful. It's not in our heads. If you're depressed, if you're anxious, you're not crazy. You're a human being with unmet needs. I started researching what really causes depression and what really solves it for my book Lost Connections for a really personal reason. One was why was I still depressed? When I was a teenager I'd gone to my doctor and I'd explained that I had this feeling like pain was leaking out on me, I couldn't control it, I couldn't regulate it and my doctor told me this story, he said "Oh, we know why you feel this way, there's this chemical called serotonin in people's brains, you're clearly lacking it, we'll give you these drugs, you'll feel better. So I started taking them, I felt an immediate boost, I felt much better. Within a couple of months, this kind of pain started to bleed back through. So I went back, he gave me a higher dose. Again, the, felt a boost again, the pain came back, it gave me a higher dose. In the end, I was taking the maximum possible dose for 13 years, um, and at the end of that, I still felt terrible. For so the next 13 years, I thought it was, you know, all in my head, meaning it was a chemical imbalance. Actually, what I learned is, It's mostly not in our heads. There are biological factors that can make it worse, but actually there are nine factors in the way we're living, seven of which are kind of things in our psychology and our environment that are making us depressed and anxious. For example, if you're really lonely, you're much more likely to become depressed. If you feel controlled at work, you're much more likely to become depressed. If you don't feel you have a sense of the future ahead of you, you're much more likely to become depressed. If you don't get to see the natural world, you're much more likely to become depressed. There had been a farmer in their community who one day had stood on a landmine in the rice fields where he worked and his leg was blown off. And they took him to hospital, they gave him an artificial limb and he went back to work in the rice fields. But apparently it's super painful to work in rice fields when you've got an artificial limb. They explained they went and sat with him. They listened to him. They realized that his pain made sense. They figured out, well, he's depressed for perfectly obvious reasons. They realized if they bought him a cow, he could become a dairy farmer, he wouldn't have to go into the situation where he was so depressed. Um, so they bought him a cow, within a few weeks he stopped crying, he was fine again. They said to Derek, so you see doctor, that cow was an antidepressant and while certainly chemical antidepressants have some value and should remain on the table, we need to radically expand the menu of options for people who are depressed and anxious to actually deal with the deep underlying reasons why we feel this way. We need to learn the lesson of the cow. There was a prison in Michigan, the state prison, that looks out, just by coincidence, they didn't design it this way, one part looks out over concrete, one part looks out over green space. When they studied this, they found that the people who looked out over green space had 23% fewer mental health problems than the people who looked out over concrete. There is loads of evidence that exposure to the natural world reduces depression and anxiety, and being deprived of it makes us more and more anxious. We're like animals in the zoo. We're like creatures in captivity, we've been deprived of our habitat, and it's one of the key reasons why we feel so bad. This amazing doctor called Dr. Vincent Felitti in San Diego has made, made a breakthrough in how we understand depression and anxiety in the mid 1980s in a slightly weird way. So he starts working with people who are extremely obese, like more than 400 pounds. And one day he had this kind of, st- what seems like a stupid idea, right? He was like, what would happen if they just stopped eating and we like medically supervised them, we gave them vitamins and nutrients, would they just lose weight? They started doing this obviously with a huge amount of medical supervision and the crazy thing is it turned out it worked. They did in fact lose loads of weight. They went from being 400 pounds to like, in the case of one woman who I'm gonna call Susan, 138 pounds. But then something happened that no one expected which led to a breakthrough when it comes to depression. I'll give you an example from this woman, Susan. One day she just freaked out she got down to a healthy weight, she freaked out, and just started stuffing her face and started going back to a really unhealthy weight. And Dr. Felitti sat with her and was like, well, what happened? Something had happened to her that hadn't happened to her in years. A man had hit on her, and it had really freaked her out. She so started to say to Susan, well, Susan, um, when did you start to put on weight? It was when she was 11. He said, well, did anything happen when you were 11 that didn't happen when you were nine or 14? She said, yeah, that's when my grandfather started to rape me. That's when Dr. Felitti discovered something. 55% of people in this program had been sexually abused and had started to put on weight in the wake of, their, wake of their sexual abuse. It turned out this thing that looked so irrational, their obesity, actually was perfectly rational. As Susan put it, overweight is overlooked and that's what I needed to be. A lot of the depression we're talking about is not caused by some spontaneous chemical imbalance in people's brains. It's caused by deep pain and grief in their childhood. And Dr. Felitti showed that if you give people a context where they can talk about this and they can see that they will not be judged, it leads to a really significant fall in depression and anxiety. The reason I found this so difficult is because uh, uh, when I was a child, I had experienced some quite extreme acts of violence. And I realized, I think one of the reasons why I clung for so long to this theory that depression is caused by a chemical imbalance it's because I didn't want to think about that. I didn't want, I, I want the anger that comes with that. But one of the things I would most want to say to anyone who's in that position is don't be afraid. You won't be judged if you talk to the right people and you can release the shame that you carry for this, which you shouldn't have, This should never have happened to you, you can actually experience a real reduction in depression and anxiety. You don't have to carry this with you. Don't believe the people who tell you that if you're depressed and anxious, you're just biologically broken. That will add to your shame. You you deserve more love and more compassion, not less. Morning, everyone.
1: Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I am your host, Cannabis Sativa. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on this podcast, feel free to email or contact me at IamCannabisSativa.com. Also, check out our website at www.IamCannabisSativa.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at Ativa. Also, feel free to check out our official Twitter account, ICS or IC Sativa Podcast. You can also find and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Anchor FM, Stitcher, and the Google Play Music Store. Please rate and review us on iTunes, as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs. And if you also like what we are doing, please become a Patreon and support us. We plan on doing big things with this humble little project, such as going to trade shows, Visiting other medical marijuana or adult use states and doing on-field work. By supporting us, this helps us to keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, pay for equipment upgrades, and travel as well. You can do this by going to https: colon slash slash anchor. fm slash i am cannabis sativa podcast slash support. And again, that is www. fm Slash I am Cannabis Ativa podcast slash support. So this is a story that um came across my Twitter feed that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, I'm gonna get a little personal in this episode, but um I think you'll like the direction I'm gonna take this. So um I'll read the article and give my commentary on the fly. Ohio could be the first state to allow medical marijuana for depression and insomnia. More than half of Ohio's population could become eligible in June for a medical marijuana card if the state approves five more ailments as qualifying conditions. Among the proposed additions, depression and insomnia, which affect hundreds and thousands of Ohioans. Since January, an advisory committee for the State Medical Board of Ohio has studied the five ailments and whether medical marijuana could help the three other conditions under consideration are anxiety, autism spectrum disorder and opioid use disorder. The formal term that the medical board uses is opioid addiction. Tiffany Call Callweil of Bryan, Ohio has a 5-year-old son with autism. She she is the Ohio chapter of the Mothers Advocating Medical Marijuana for Autism. Last autumn When the state opened a window for residents to suggest conditions to add as qualifiers, Carwile prepared a 500-page document supporting medical marijuana for autism. Medical marijuana is not a care for autism. I'm not saying that this is going to cure my son, but I know that it's going to dramatically improve his quality of life, Carwile said. "If If someday he can say... I love you, Mom. I, I will be the happiest person in the world. In the 2016 law that created Ohio's medical marijuana program codified 21 conditions that would qualify a person to get a doctor's recommendation and then a card to buy medical marijuana. The state's medical board has the power to add to the list every year. The year is the first time the board is using that process. The advisory committee of four medical board member plans a May 8th vote to recommend additions. If any, the full 12-member medical board expects a final vote on June 12th. If the board adds depression and insomnia, Ohio would be the first state to make those conditions qualifiers for medical marijuana. Um, so this is going to be the first interruption of this article that I'm going to sort of interject with, but um, but in my home state of Massachusetts, I think we have about like 12 qualifying conditions, but then we have like an elastic clause that says um, any other that a doctor could recommend for any other condition that is similar to the other 11 that were listed and they they can recommend for other conditions that they see fit. So the nurse practitioner, the doctor can recommend for whatever they seem fit. So we have kind of like an elastic clause. And I think Florida is like the same way. Like they have some, like a 16 or a dozen conditions, but then they have that elastic clause condition where, where you can be recommended medical marijuana based off sit off similar qualifying conditions to the ones that are listed and the doctor has the doctor or the nurse practitioner can can make or can prescribe the can prescribe cannabis for other conditions that they see fit so i mean i'm not like alexis bortel says like um a qualifying condition list in general or tyranny i don't think I think it should. I think all states should be like, um, like Maine and like um, how California was, where, you know, you can get it for any any reason that a doctors deems fit. I know, I know Maine just made it, so you know you can be you can be recommended for any condition. I think it was like last year that they did it. Um, I, I think California was pretty. It was a pretty open doctor-patient relationship. And um, I think Alexis Bortel was when she testified in the Colorado State Congress. I think she even brought up that. Um, I think she said that when she was, um, yeah, I think she she testified to sort of get rid of that qualifying condition list. So um, when she was, I think she was testifying for the, um, I think the autism bill. I'm my my memory's a bit hazy, but I know that she did. She definitely did say that she wanted the qualifying condition list to be eliminated in Colorado, and I wholeheartedly agree. I think doctors should be able to prescribe, doctors and nurses, or nurse practitioners, should be able to prescribe for whatever they deem fit. It should be between the doctor and the patient, and not the government. But let me Let me continue. <laughs> 33 states and the District of Columbia now allow the use of medical marijuana with a doctor's recommendation. Each state has a different list of qualifying conditions. Some conditions allowed in Ohio are covered in other medical marijuana states, such as cancer, Parkinson's disease, epilepsy, and glaucoma. But Ohio also also covers rarer conditions, such and this is important, such as sickle cell disease, which... Uh, affects a lot of African Americans, and, um, I mean, Mr. Sativa is black, so, I mean, I, I mean, I, it's near and dear to my heart when I see, um, when I see, like, states cover that, you know, it's a, it's an acknowledgement that, you know, that they acknowledge that, um, that there are diseases that, that affect black people and African Americans, and that, you know, they should be able to have an open doctor patient relationship with their doctor to treat that condition if, if marijuana can help it. So I, I love when I see that states have that. So let me continue. Fibromyalgia and Tourette's syndrome. Ohio is also the only state to p- permit medical marijuana to treat chronic, chronic traumatic, I'm going to probably butcher this, NFF, or whatever. Or the traumatic brain damage most often found in boxers. Oh, so CTE. Why didn't they just? Why didn't the author just put that? All right, but whatever. So CTE, the traumatic brain damage most often found in boxers, football players, and military veterans. Wow, that's awesome that Ohio covers that. I didn't know that. The in July, the inquirer analysis found at least 3.5 million Ohioans, or about three out of ten residents, suffer from at least one of the 21 conditions and could apply for a medical marijuana card. Ohio's population is about 11.69 million. If the board adds all five proposed conditions, the number of Ohioans eligible for a medical marijuana card will nearly double with another 3.17 million people, as it did in July. The Enquirer estimated that the number of people eligible for a medical marijuana card under the five proposed new conditions by consulting the Ohio Department of Health, the U.S. Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, and private nonprofits that raise money for medical research. Autism Spectrum Disorder Number of patients, about 44,000 Ohio children. Children in in Ohio can get medical marijuana card under a parent's authority. It is not known how many Ohio adults live with autism. There is little clinical research about the effectiveness because there's been little study done since the federal government considers marijuana as dangerous as heroin. In December, the national organization Autism Speaks held a conference on this topic, and experts called for more study. States that qualify... yes. Yeah, so, so I was right. Um, she, so Alexis Bortel was testifying for this bill in, in, in Colorado. But states that qualify for this condition, Colorado, Delaware, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, Minnesota... Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, South Carolina, Utah. Anxiety. Number of patients. About 1.6 million Ohioans. There is little clinical research about the effectiveness because there's been little study done since the federal government considers marijuana as dangerous as heroin. A 2012 study by two California researchers said that marijuana could be promising, but more study is needed. States that qualify for this condition. New Jersey, West Virginia. Wow, didn't know that. Didn't know West Virginia covered anxiety as a condition. That's pretty interesting. I'm learning a lot from this article. This is a really good and thorough article so far. Depression. Number of patients. About 70... About 7,000 725,000 Ohioans there is little clinical research about the effectiveness of medical marijuana because there's been little studied since the federal government considers marijuana as dangerous as heroin a 2018 study of responses to an internet survey found that marijuana users reported less depression and anxiety states that qualify for this condition none Alright, um, and then, um, insomnia. Number of patients, at least 860,000 Ohioans. There is little clinical research about the effectiveness since since there's been little study done since the federal government considers marijuana a Schedule 1 narcotic. A 2018 New Mexico study of 409 people responding to the internet survey found a significant improvement in sleep. States that qualify for this condition, none. All right, so I'm going to give my commentary on a couple of these sort of conditions. Um, So for, okay, for one, um, like, I feel that like, like, Like when using cannabis, when I've used it in the, in the past for like depression, I've, I've I've had depression my entire life, but I feel that it's worked better than any other medicine I've ever used. Um, when I was in college, I was prescribed, um, Prozac, um, like during like my last second to last semester in college, I want to say, and that stuff was fucking poison. Alright, that thing was taking over my personality, you know, it was like, it it was making, it was giving me more mood swings, it was just making me a, just a messed up person, and, 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 and an odd and antisocial person that I didn't recognize, and, you know, and and when these, when, when you hear these commercials say, oh, you know, antidepressants can, 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 can reduce um, or can increase feelings of um, suicide or lead to feelings of suicide. I believe that that, that's, that stuff made me more suicidal. I, I would I would admit you know it made it made the depression worse. You know what kind of medicine is that if you take it and then the very thing that the, it's like that saying you only had one job. The very job that the medicine, that the doctor is prescribing you, it can't even do that very flipping job. Like it's just, it's these, I think most antidepressants are a farce. And I, I feel like, you know, uh, again, I'm not, don't like, like I said in a couple of previous episodes, don't believe a word I say. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. You know, I'm not liable if you get off your medicine and you know, you're a danger to yourself or others. So, you know, listen to your doctors and, 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 and consult expert advice before doing anything. But in my opinion, I feel like, you know, you know, cannabis is way better for this. And, um, you know, if if you need more or whatever, I feel that, you know, tryptophan or, or a St. John's Word or 5-HTP is way better than, than using um Antidepressants, in my in my estimation, and my personal experience too, like I'm tapering off Lexapro. My doctor, I, you know, I can't stand that stuff. You know, at first when I was taking it, um, so I, I I was prescribed it about three years ago, and um, and um, I would say the first year, year and a half, it was pretty helpful. You know, I took a relatively low dose, so not none it wasn't it wasn't as high as the Prozac I was taking in college, but You know, I felt that the Lexapro, after a while, and which is why I got off it, it was dulling my emotions a bit. You know, I felt like it was, I felt like it was, it was, it was sort of taking over my personality, much like Prozac. But, like, but Prozac was just more overt, you know, it was, it was, it it took over my personality, like, instantaneously, one, and two. Like, I, like, and this is, like, the first time I'll admit this to people, but, I mean, people besides, um, my, my close friend and family, but, um, I don't think I would be alive right now if I didn't, if, if I wasn't doing cannabis while using, while, while I was using Prozac at that period of time. The Prozac, like I just said, was making me more suicidal, and it was just taking over my weight, my personality and making me a, a, a jackass in, in ways that, um, that, that I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, would have never imagined. And, um, like, again, it was making me suicidal. Like I, I wanted to end it at some point and I'm glad I didn't because I had, I had cannabis. Cannabis was, cannabis was a lifeline for me at that time. And, um, I, you know, I, I, I just, uh, you know, when I, when I would feel too down in the dumps, like that dumb medicine was making me feel, you know, I would, I would, I would smoke my, I would smoke my bowl or use my tabletop vaporizer, you know, I would fire up my PS3 and I'd play some Skyrim, you know, for a little bit and, and, and or Fallout, if I, Fallout 3, I love Fallout 3. But yeah, those are better antidepressants than that. You know, video video games and, and cannabis was way better than, that 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 toxic junk. I I think it should be illegal to prescribe that. You know, I really do. I think, I think we should, I think the U.S. should be like Germany, where from what i read, Germany, like, they don't even really prescribe antidepressants, because they know it's, it's dangerous, or whatever, you know, they opt more for, like, St. John's Wort, or, you know, the more, sort of, the less, less toxic of the, of the antidepressant, or anti-anxiety drugs, they opt to prescribe that, rather than harsh ones, like Lexapro, or Prozac, but, I mean, this was, this is a long time ago that I read this, so, I mean, again, don't, don't take what I say as gospel. And, I mean, you already know my story with Insomnia. Um, I'm not really going to go into it too too much. Because I went into it in the pilot episode. Again, I know the pilot episode. Um, I know the audio quality leaves a lot to be desired. And I'll call. I'll be the first to cop to that. But, um, but I explained my story pretty in depth in that. So, um, if you want to listen to that, I mean... I, I I mean go ahead and do so. But I mean I will say this, like I've I've tried going back to like the for a brief period of time, I've tried going back to the pharmaceuticals when I had a flare up with and, and I talked to my doctor about it a couple months ago. I tried the ambient again. And like I've tried like several different sleep aids. I've tried the over the counters, I've tried ambient, I've tried Transitone Ambien. Like I don't I don't become a zombie on Ambient or anything like that. I just I just don't I just don't sleep and then I wake up like I like I had 15, 15 shots of vodka the night before. I have the biggest headache known to man after taking that. So I mean I would say insomnia drugs just don't work for me and cannabis is just way more reliable. And, you know, it, it doesn't have nearly the, it doesn't make me feel hung over and, and stuff, you know. Like, again, like these, like it's, it's crazy. These pharmaceutical drugs are, are said to be a, a treatment option for an illness, but it can't even get its one job done properly. It's, a, again, like that meme, you had one job. Alright, you had one job is that that was to cure insomnia. But not only did the the big pharma abbey and not do that, but I I, I I felt like I had a hangover the next day. It's it's crazy that that we give so much like credence to these pharmaceuticals. again, I'm not saying get off your pharmaceuticals without your doctor's notice or without your doctor or nurse knowing. I'm not saying do that. But I am saying that a lot of the prescriptions that, you know, that are studied and that are, that are quote unquote approved by the FDA are very, very toxic in my, in my estimation, my experience. But let's wrap up the article. Enough about me. Opioid use disorder or addiction? No one knows. No government or medical authority is counting. There is little clinical research about the effectiveness because there's been little study since the federal government considers marijuana as dangerous as heroin. Excuse me. In August, the Inquirer examined the prospect of using marijuana for this condition. States that qualify f- f- for this condition. Illinois, New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania. So here's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to put... I'm going to put a link to, um... I'm going to put a link to, um... In the show notes, um... To... To the State Medical Board of Ohio... To to their contact information. And, um... I'm going to also put a link to, like, the Ohio Legislature information. So, um... Excuse me. So... So this... So these conditions... Can be added to the Ohio medical marijuana list. Hundreds, I mean, th- at least tens of thousands of people can benefit from these people, from these, from these conditions being on the on the list. And it's imperative that we that if you live in Ohio, that y- you ensure that um, if you know if if you're in a position to do so, that you ensure that you you let your 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 health officials that are trying to add this know that they're going to save a lot of lives if they do this and that it's going to be a net benefit for everybody, including the, the so many good people like myself that suffer from many of these disorders. And you know, like like the count like the Mr. or Miss Sativa counterpart in Ohio I want I want her I want her to have access to To cannabis, if she feels it's gonna help her insomnia or depression or anxiety. I don't want someone like me to have to take, to have to continue using those toxic pharma drugs. You know, I want them to, I want everyone in the US to have cannabis as an alternative to these drugs. Everybody. I'm not gonna stop doing this job until everyone has access. So, um, so yeah, I'm going to leave all those things in the show notes. And, um, as always stay medicated, my friends, peace.